Welcome back to another edition of the Tool Shed on Colonial Sports Network and also now on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio Podcast Network. I'm Austin Bechtold alongside Nick Hederick, Tyler Gallo, and Ethan Morrison. As always, this year talking about Robert Morris men's basketball, now 3-3 three and three overall and 2-1 and one in the new Horizon League this season, first year in the Horizon League for Robert Morris, transitioning over from the NEC with a nice W in their last game against Milwaukee, 67-64 to Friday night. Ethan, you were there covering the game. How did the Colonials get the job done? I mean, I felt like uh, they played a lot better than they did against Purdue-Fort Wayne. I felt like the defense was was a lot better. I mean, they held a team under 70 points, something they did not do against Purdue-Fort Wayne. Their defense was all out of whack against them. I just feel like it was an overall great effort. They were down a few guys. They were down... Uh, uh, Charles Bain, who suffered a ankle injury against Marshall a couple weeks ago, and then they were also without John Williams and Dante Tracy, who were out with uh, COVID-19 protocols. So those two guys are pretty much the leaders of the offense in that starting five rotation. So uh, Coach Andy Tool had to do a lot of work with his lineup and kind of pick and choose what guys he wanted in there. And you know, in the end, a win's a win, and they were able to pull it out. Yeah, and the Colonials were down basically, as you said, Ethan, three starters and Tracy, Willie, John Williams. And also Charles Bain, and it led the way for A.J. Brahma to once again step up, led the way with 20 points and 14 rebounds on the game. And Brahma pretty much asserted his dominance at times, and you started to see just the jump shot that he was working on all offseason start to come into form. Yeah, I mean, we saw him last year kind of dabble with that mid-range shot a lot, but it was a lot of him down low, um, dunk, a lot of dunks, a lot of layups. But now you can see him now moving more to that mid-range game and kind of sh- not, I wouldn't, wouldn't say shying away, but going more towards that mid-range game that we haven't seen a lot from him. Tyler, what were your initial reactions and thoughts to the Colonials win first home victory in the Horizon League? Well, you know, I think without Tracy and Williams, I think it showed their resiliency and Charles Bain as well. Uh, just show their resiliency, and it showed that these freshmen and these other guys can come in and step in and play a bigger role. We saw Khalil Spear really shine down the stretch. We saw Cameron Wilbon, who wasn't shooting too well during the game, but he iced the game with some pretty important free throws, which is big for this team. But um, almost surprisingly, A.J. Brahma didn't even start the game either. He came off the bench pretty quickly into the game. He's no stranger to that. He did that last year all season long. But I just think that it shows how good this team is and how, how much depth this team actually has. Now, if you compare them to teams like um, Purdue-Fort Wayne, who has those guys that are in their starting five and doesn't have much else, I think it shows just that they can keep up with the best teams in this conference. Yeah, and with, like we mentioned, the freshmen starting, what do you guys make of just the way that guys like Traden Williams and Cam Ferris were able to come in and Enoch Cheeks be able to have such successful games to be able to really propel the shorthanded Colonials to a tight, narrowed victory where the game was pretty much close the whole entire the whole entire night and the Colonials were trailing for a majority of the game. I mean, I had a bone to pick with Traden Williams earlier on in the year. I told him, I told, I was saying that he was forcing up a lot of his shots, was doing a little bit too much on the offensive side of the ball. But this game, I really thought felt like he found himself and was able to knock down some pretty pretty nice shots, some pretty clutch shots. I think he tied the game with one uh, late in the second half, which was very big for them and uh, very big for the Colonials and going on to to get the win. I mean, he was two for three from uh, beyond the arc, 
And I mean, he was four for 10 from the field, but you know, give and take, he played a lot better than he has. Enoch Cheeks, what can you say about him? He's played very well, slotted in nicely uh, in the starting five. He's He started mostly, I think, every game this season. He's played very well. So I think just getting those guys inserted in the lineup, getting them some action, especially with about the amount of how many games have been canceled, I feel like they're very they're doing very well kind of just slotting in and uh, getting a feel for the rotations and everything like that. Yeah, and the lines for some of those freshmen. Cheeks finished with 13 points, seven boards, two assists on the game, five of 13 from the field. Some other stats here. Trayden Williams ended with 10 points, two boards, four of 10. And you kind of saw at times his shot selection isn't necessarily the best, but you also see that he does have the ability to hit a clutch bucket if the Colonials need it. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's he struggled with his shot his shot selections at times. But, you know, I feel like from what we saw him against Point Park early on in the year where he's just chucking up everything, I think you can kind of see now his playmaking ability a little bit more. And you can see him uh, looking for that open pass more often than just chucking up that contested shot. I hold no ill will towards anyone from that Point Park game for shooting too much. Those guys waited so long (laughs) to get back on that court, man. I cannot hold any ill will against anyone (laughs) for going out there and being excited to shoot the ball. They knew they were going to lose that game. Come on, let's be honest with each other. They were out there ready to have a good time, ready to work out some kicks. Right, and then he called Ethan out on Twitter, so I'm or on Instagram. <laughs> I like to think so. Uh, I, I I like him. I like Trader Williams. Yeah, Ethan. Uh, we don't. I mean, we don't know if he was actually calling you out or not. But if that's the case, do you have anything to say about it? Choose hey, your words carefully. He's improving. I mean, let me say he's improving. I mean, it's nothing like we saw earlier in the year. He's he's kind of gone into his role a lot more. I feel like he's playing a, lo- a heck of a lot better than he did earlier on in the year. So. Congrats to him. Good job. Keep it up. Colonials definitely stepped up their play in the second half. Team shooting-wise, only 33% from the floor transitioned to 48% shooting in the second half. And it helped because the three-point shooting also stepped up. One of seven were the Colonials in the first half compared to three of seven in the second half. A little bit better clutch shooting and clutch situations and knocking down some free throws were able to get the job done. So Tyler, let me ask you, were there any key takeaways that you had from this game? Anything that really stuck out as the Colonials start to march on with this horizon league schedule? Well, a couple of things stood out to me. One of them was that Milwaukee just really like surprisingly, almost um, just unquestionably struggled out there in the first half. I mean, granted it was close, but they still had some shots, had some open shots that didn't fall, so it was a surprise to me for a team that started off the season just as well as they did. But it also shows that, Arm, you can play with some of the best teams in this conference. They can, And that the conference is wide open. I mean, you saw today um, Wright State lost to Oakland and Green Bay won their first game against Youngstown State. So it shows that if Army can go on a little bit of a run, they could sneak into that top, top echelon of this conference. And I think that this Milwaukee series was a perfect precursor to the rest of the season. Nick, we'll get into a little bit more of just how COVID is affecting the Colonials program. But do you think in terms of maybe the Wright State losses and the YSU losses for teams that are on the upper echelon portion of the conference and are expected to be at the very top of the conference at the end of the season, do you think the whole coronavirus pandemic atmosphere is affecting any of those teams or even affecting the conference in general or as a whole? 
I mean, I think it'd be completely incorrect to say there's no way it's impacting teams. Now, I know there's a bit of a talent gap there, but teams like Gonzaga came back from COVID-related issues and continued to plow right through everybody. But, you know, here in the Horizon League, you know, these teams can't rely solely on star power. You have to rely on building that team chemistry, working well together. And I think especially with the number of cancellations RMU's had and the other schools that you mentioned as well, chemistry is a big deal. And any time that you're not working out together, you know, practicing, playing in those games, building that chemistry, you're losing a bit of something, no matter how much talent you have. And so I think absolutely this is going to have some sort of negative effect on there. But at the same time, uh, we saw that I hate the phrase next man up, but we saw the next man up kind of ordeal take place on Friday night. And I mean, it worked. It worked well. Uh, I'm not sure why Brahma came off the bench, uh, but I'm just trying to wrap my head around that still, but um, I mean, so it was just, it was good to see some guys step up the cheeks is the, that was a fun thing to say. The cheeks is the Wilborns of the world trade and Williams. I mean, so it was good to see those guys step up, younger guys step up. Uh, Khalil Spear, of course, the, uh, the prodigal son of the show. Um, You know, he, we saw a very good defensive play from him. We saw a couple, and we knew that's what he would bring to that team. So it's good to see some new names getting involved. Uh, and it looks like, and it's almost a bad thing, but in a way, but also a good thing. Our Muse has been paused so many times, had so many cancellations. I like to think it might not even be phasing them anymore. Right. But uh, I, I think it could absolutely be detrimental to some of these teams in terms of living up to expectations with things stopping and starting again so often. And Ethan, speaking of Khalil Spear, we saw a very creative inbounds pass, inbounds play, I guess I should say, drawn up by Andy Toole that sprung Spear to the basket, had an and one opportunity, and basically is the bucket that sealed the victory for the Colonials. What did you make of that play and the creativity just once again from Andy Toole to be able to secure a victory? I mean, all I can say is that it, that was just an insane play, an amazing play by both the coaching coaching aspect of it just drawing it up and then just the execution by spear and uh brahma was the one that inbounded i believe making yeah. that baseball like pass to because bechtel tweeted spear why is brahma to... inbounding <laughs> i did but yeah and then and then that happened but like just the execution and everything that happened to make that play possible and then spear to finish it off getting an and one opportunity and basically stealing the game I mean, that's that all was... you got to say. It was an amazing play. Tool, probably one of the best inbound play creators in the country. That was Tool almost hit one with Milwaukee on that play. It was, it was great to watch. And it was cool for me to see Spear be given the rock in that sort of a scenario there. Showing, you know, Tool was showing him there, I want you to have this opportunity. And then he makes the move in the air, kind of gets the guy to bite a bit, and he puts it off the uh, the class. The glass doesn't do anything fancy. And you see right away, you can see Tool in the background when the the camera angle there. You can see him like fist pumping right when the play happens. You can see him getting into his (laughs) fist bump formation because he knows. He knows it's money. And, I mean, I think there's something really special with this team you watch their bench a lot of the times. They're really getting hyped up. The managers, of course, their job is to kind of hype uh, hype people up and stuff. But, I mean, that bench is really into it, too. This is a fun team to watch, and I think they're having fun playing. The Tool Shed salutes Coach Andy Tool, Khalil Sphere, and A.J. Brahma for that execution on that play. But, once again, the Colonials are running into problems with COVID-19, as, in fact, with the three starters being out, 
Looks like there would be repercussions of that game, and no one is really surprised at this point that the second game against Milwaukee, which was supposed to happen on Saturday, the second of the new year after the victory against Milwaukee on the first day of 2021, this game was canceled due to those positive COVID-19 tests in the program, and it's now the third time that the team has had games canceled due to the pandemic, and games have just been completely shuffled, moved around, and everything has just been rescheduled at points. Ethan, tell us a little bit more about just what has happened with the program, how many games have really been canceled. You know, I might not even have that number correct. There's just been so many cancellations and games moved around and different things changing really by the day. Yeah, I think it's around like seven games now they've been I th- I have four according to their schedule. Four officially canceled. Then I know the Cleveland State series was moved, okay, or postponed, or whatever they decided to do with it. Because so, yeah. it seems like that series is just yeah. cursed beyond belief. Right. Central Michigan, yeah. Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, they did have one schedule with CMU, but but that's besides the point. They've they've been pa- they've been paused or had games canceled at three separate times this season. I mean, I. Well, don't oh, forget yeah, the mystery that game, game either. It's listed on ESPN now as a canceled game. So, I mean, Binghamton, they were supposed to head up there and play them apparently, and then they, they, that wasn't – there was a bit of a miscommunication there um, amongst RMU's um, athletics department and Binghamton's athletics department about that game. Um, but it just shows that, you know, nothing can be certain in in these times. I mean, I don't want yeah, to say the that – the confusion was lifted when uh, Chris King – basically responded to us and said the game was not meant really to be public. So why there wasn't the need for a public statement for it, but go go ahead, Ethan. I mean, I don't want to say that, I mean, COVID has really affected the team, but it has, I mean, they've been paused or they've, they've been had games shuffled and canceled and stuff moved around three different times this season. It's, it's taken a toll on the team because we saw them come out of, of their second pause Going up against Bowling Green and Marshall, yeah, those are two better competition to team, but they look rusty. They look sloppy. So we don't know right now what's going to happen with Robert Morris in their games going forward against IUPUI. It's still on the schedule right now, but I'm just worried that if they're not if they're not able to play next week and they're off or a week or at least two or maybe even two weeks, that it's going to take a toll and it's going to affect them down the road in conference play. And it's not something you want to see, especially when they were starting to click, um, especially last game against Milwaukee. And I think it's it's definitely taking its toll on the players. We don't need to even ponder that question. You saw A.J. Brahma the eve of the last game on Friday, on Thursday night, tweeting, tired of this SH exclamation point T. And you could say, Nick, man up and say the word. Well, that's what he tweeted. He didn't tweet the word. He put in an exclamation point instead. So, I mean, it's, it's clearly, clearly – impacting them and i don't see how it couldn't be i'm and not to you know reiterate a point that's been made numerous times this is a team that waited so long to play after thinking they're going to march madness right and and so 
then they wait and their openers get delayed around. And so many of those early non-conference games got delayed and pushed around. They got thrown into Horizon League play a little sooner without as much prep as I'm sure they would have liked. Ah, that's a sign of the times, whatever. But now they're in conference play and things are starting to slow down again. It's got to be exhausting. You want to get in a groove and they haven't been able to get in that groove really. And I think the more this happens, the more the mentality is just going to shift towards negativity. Well, and I think you got to give so much credit to Andy Tool with just how he's been able to keep his team so focused, so detail-oriented, and really just focused on the task of hand of winning basketball games. We're seeing just with a lot of other teams, they're just not able to adjust. And especially, I mean, I've said this point a lot, moving to a new conference and dealing with everything that's going on is kind of just a double whammy, and it's got to be so much harder than athletics and Coach Tool are really giving off. So I think they deserve a lot of credit. I know we're only a couple games into the conference schedule, and some of the teams that they played maybe have not been too great, but this is all new opponents that Robert Morris has never even played before. So I think you got to give your hats off to Andy Tool, especially early on in the season, just the way that he's able to get his team ready to go for games, completely focused, and especially with starters out at times, they're still finding ways to win, and I just think that it's a testament to how good of a coach he is. And I completely agree. We've known Coach Tool is one of the best coaches in college basketball. And yesterday, the inbound play that we're going to keep talking about, I have a horrible feeling for some time. Uh, people were speaking in the RMU community and kind of the college basketball community. Hey, he's one of the best out there, and RMU is really lucky to have him. And I think that's completely hitting the nail on the head. Uh, one thing I do want to shift the conversation towards is that Cleveland State game because I personally, my personal vendetta, just really want that game to be played. 6-0 in conferences, Cleveland State. I mean, what better way to find out how you're going to match up than against a team like that? And I really want to see that game get played sooner rather than later. Well, I think I think it could be. Um, if you think about it, you know, maybe the positive test that was in their program was a member of the coaching staff and they can isolate them. Um, but if they can get that game maybe pushed back a little bit and uh, moved and just played, it would be it would be a good time. Well, it could really be anybody when you consider two star players were already missing from the other game right. uh, the other day. So I mean, I don't want to speculate there, but it's it's frustrating. There's not much more to say than it's frustrating. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, more news coming out of the program in the last couple of days. Tyson Brown has decided to transfer out of the program. Gallo, tell us a little bit about this news. And I haven't really seen him hit the court very much. Do you think this played into the factor of maybe Brown deciding why he wanted to transfer from Robert Morris? Uh, yeah, Tyson Brown didn't really actually – I don't even think he appeared in too many um, just outings with the team in general. I think he was – sort of going to walk on, and then I guess he decided he didn't want to play, and then he transferred out. Um, we didn't really hear much about him other than that he had signed with the team. I mean, he was 6'8". He was a pretty big guy, and he was going to be 
um, a big part of that offense. Um, but unfortunately, he's now transferred out. I believe he's going to a junior college now, if I'm not mistaken. I'll let you guys speculate on that a little bit while I look up where he's going. Um, I'm 90% sure our first episode, I said he was the yep. biggest freshman that was going to make a yep. difference. <laughs> also, exactly can you say you DJ Russell 2.0? Yep, DJ oh, Russell. Yeah. 100%. DJ Russell. Don't even get me started with that. 100%. DJ Russell last year is still one of the strangest things to me. You have a really highly touted JUCO guy getting a great opportunity to play for a great coach. I know Tools had some sus. Uh, I, I wanted to say sus, but then I decided not to too late. Suspicious <laughs> transfers. We saw guys like Kobe Thomas leave the program before. He's no stranger to dealing with transfers. But oh, yeah, DJ Russell transferred to St. Thomas University of all places. Like, uh, I, I, a midseason transfer from DJ Russell, who I, I don't understand. I don't understand that move. And it still I bothers me. Don't. And it's old news, so I'm not going to sit here and harp on all the details. But it, it, it Tyson Brown, you're, you're DJ Russell 2.0 in my book. And I'm sorry, yeah. and I wish you the best of luck, but that's how I'll associate you from now on. Thank He's you. He's going to another JUCO. He's going to Western Texas College, according to Verbal Commits on Twitter. Um, but yeah, just uh, puzzling, puzzling transfers, especially like you said, with Kobe Thomas going to Coppin State in, uh, in Maryland. Granted, that's sort of local to him. He's in Philadelphia. But just a weird, weird uh, thing. He didn't even get a chance to appear with the team and he's already out. So just weird. Well, it continues to add to kind of a trend that players just continue to transfer from the program. It seems like there's been one a year, it seems like, relatively for the past foreseeable you know time slot over the past couple of years here you know i don't know if you can credit that to anything maybe the the, the players just realized that the fit wasn't good maybe in russell's case or brown's uh, case I'm not exactly sure there could be one specific thing that you could pinpoint as to why they transfer but it is something notable i mean one thing is this guy hasn't even touched the court yet i mean what just stay just stay for a little longer than what not even a, he hasn't even been with the program maybe for a little more than a month. They played like Stay, six games. They played six games. He hasn't touched the he doesn't hasn't touched the court yet. He probably would have gotten an opportunity tonight or last night if he weren't still be on the team. He would have gotten his opportunity at some point. Stick it out with the program. I don't know why so many guys are transferring so early on. It's just like DJ Russell. Yeah, he wasn't putting up the numbers he would have wanted. He was one of the top he was one of the top 50 JUCO products in the nation uh before he transferred into before he transferred to Robert Morris last year. But I feel like players just need to stick it out. Trust Andy to his process. Cause like we said, like earlier on in the podcast, he's one of the best coaches in the country. So well, I think players just need to learn how to stick it out and stick it out with the program. And they'll somehow find their fit and find their role on the team. Do you, do you know who Tyson Brown is about the same size as AJ Brahma? Brahma six, seven Brown was six, eight. He was taller than him. We see what Brahma has been doing. Why not want to learn from that guy? Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's also another another big key component. But you got to look at. They also got uh, Brandon Stone from LaSalle, so maybe that would also play a little role in there. This guy's six eleven. He's going to do a lot of work down low, uh, cleaning up on the glass and stuff like that. So maybe that might have, uh, uh, might have been a factor for Brown to transfer out of the program as well. I mean, I'm just throwing stuff at the wall now. I'm excited to see Brandon Stone. I really am next season. Um, he's a guy that could probably slot right in as that, you know, sort of that center guy, which we haven't really seen in a while. We haven't seen a pure center, and I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to transition that role, especially coming from um, LaSalle, who is in not a bad conference at all. LaSalle is not a bad team either, but 
He um he started off really hot for LaSalle hit last season and then sort of faded and then this year he wasn't getting the time. So comes over to RMU where he can uh hopefully slot right into the role of the center. Yeah, another possible option for the Colonials moving forward, which you know, having some recent success with some transfers, including Brahma, could lead to some good op- opportunities and good possibilities next season. But back to this season, next weekend's matchup for the Colonials, if it in fact does happen, will be in Indianapolis to take on the IUPUI Jaguars Friday and Saturday, January 8th and January 9th. Ethan, what do you think of this matchup against IUPUI? Pretty okay team i guess you can say currently one and two oh and two in conference play what are your keys to the game for the colonials to come out and get their third conference victory in the horizon league and you know it all depends i mean if i if this was they played milwaukee tonight on saturday night and they got a full game in and they were able to practice we there's so much unknown going into this week if they're even going to play if they do play will they have time to practice i don't know just, just basing it off of Friday night's game, I think they're going to have a pretty good matchup with IUPUI. I mean, I feel like they're going to be able to pull it out. I feel like having Brahma there as an, as another integral part of that offense and being able to work work well, still have that mid-range shot as well. Um, also, just like we said before, the freshmen need to step up once again. Enoch Cheeks have another good game. And, I mean, get some more contribution from Khalil Spiri. It had a quiet game other than those two uh, other than those two plays against Milwaukee, but to see him kind of step up a little bit more, I think just that and work better defensively. I feel like they still had some breakdowns against Milwaukee. I mean, that didn't really cost them because Milwaukee didn't hit some open shots. They probably should have hit, but I feel like the defense still needs a lot of work. So I think feel like defense and just getting those freshmen involved once again and have Brahma have another great game. I think they'll be fine against IUPUI next weekend. And I think one player to look at is definitely Cam Wilbon, just because, you know, his production on the floor has been a little shaky, but when he's out there playing pretty well, he's pretty noticeable. Ten points, nine rebounds. The nine rebounds was second to Brahma's 14 in the victory against Milwaukee. He was 6-7 of from the free throw line and also showed up in key moments towards the end of the game. He can play pretty well on offense, but he can also – star and play some pretty good defense for the Colonials. So I feel like if he can try to hone in some of that for a full game, not just a couple quarters, Wilbon's definitely got to look at and say he could be one to step up, especially if John Williams and Tracy continue to be out. And I think it's odd that this matchup is against one of the only teams that somehow has played less games than RMU. Uh, so I think it's definitely difficult to gauge just what's going to happen in this game. We've hardly seen any value PUI RMU. We haven't seen with a, you know, full staff kind of in a uh, way with all the guys missing time because of COVID and just the big gaps and people leaving. So this is a very interesting matchup on paper. I do think though, you got to watch out for Marcus Burke shooting 45% right now. Very talented score three point shots. Not the best. I believe he's around 22% there, but I mean, this is the really talented guard. Uh, not you need to find someone who can match him on the offensive end. And if Dante Trace is out, we need to see one of those guys like, uh, you know, Cheeks or Williams step up trying to match that production, um, especially if Williams and Tracy are out again. Uh, but yeah, that that's my take. You focus on that matchup and then you just play your game and roll kind of the same way you rolled the other day, just that gritty kind of colonial style of basketball. Next man up. 
Well, and if you take those two guys out of the equation like you did last game, uh, it's just tough because those are two guys that can get inside and get you points in the paint and also two guys that are really great at playmaking, guys that can set up plays, set up shots. Um, And if they don't have that, it's going to be very tough. They need to have, like you said, they need to have one of the freshmen or maybe like Bechtold said, Cam Wilbon step up in that role because Dante Tracy is one of the smoothest passers out there, in my opinion. So as we wrap up the episode today, what do you guys think is going to happen with this matchup against IUPUI? Do you think the Colonials come out with one game win or two wins to sweep the Jaguars on the weekend series? I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll have the Stones do uh, go first. Uh, I think they'll lose the first one, win the second one. I think RMU's definitely the better team when it's a perfect world, but I think they're going to have some rust uh, coming off of that break. Well, it's not much of a break. That's kind of the worst word possible <laughs> to use for it. Uh, but coming off of the pause of the program and the delays, uh, I think they'll lose Friday, look a little sluggish, and then Saturday they'll be fine and come out and pull out a win. You know what? I'll be an optimist here. They're going to sweep them. I mean, just getting those players involved once again, and even if they weren't able to practice, I feel like they've been dealt so much so far this season that I feel like they'll just find a way to win both games. Uh, I'll, I'll say they win the first, lose the second. I think that they'll come out pretty pretty tough in the first game and take that one, but I think IUPUI is going to be able to adjust in the second game like we've seen some other teams do in the uh, second half of the the two game slates, because, you know, if you think about it, they see what happens. Cause like some of these teams haven't even seen these teams ever, and they don't have a lot of video to go off of, but once they see the, them playing against it themselves, um, then they'll be able to adjust in the second game. And I think army takes the first IPUI takes the second. Nick, the world is indeed not perfect by any means, but I do think that the colonials are going to somehow find a way to be perfect, at least record wise against the Jaguars coming up. Next weekend, I think that the keys to the game are definitely stay solid defensively, stay sound, and don't make any big mistakes, especially with the ball. Don't turn it over much. And I think if you keep the ball in the hands of Wilbon Cheeks and try to keep the ball in Camp Ferris's hands as well to be able to dish to Brahma. And as we saw with Brahma being double teamed a lot with Milwaukee, he also has the ability to pass the ball out for open shots. I think the Colonials are going to come up with two close wins. They're not going to be much margin of victory in the two wins. But I think they're going to find a way, get the job done, and move IUPUI down to 0-4 in the conference and move the Colonials up to get four wins, 4-1 four and one overall in the Horizon League. But anybody have any final thoughts before we wrap it up? I hope they play. That's, that's all I need to say. I hope they play. These guys, they deserve a nice little run here. I think that's very well stated, and I think that's everybody's hope. Especially just get the games going. Ethan gave me two thumbs up for that one. So that's that's the way to go. They play the it's always good when the freshman phenom agrees. Right. And that is especially <laughs> true. But for another edition of the Tool Shed on Colonial Sports Network and now on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio Podcast Network, I'm Austin Bechtold alongside Nick Hatterick, Tyler Gallo, and Ethan Morrison, the freshman protege, prodigy, as we stated. Thank you for listening in, and we will see you next week after another week of Robert Morris' men's basketball.